Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. Josh Peach and Carson Gordy. Carson, not the most high-scoring game, but an exciting game and a program-defining win for Illinois on Saturday over Iowa. Yeah, the win was not sexy, but it's what Illinois needed. I mean, we came into the game saying if Illinois lost the turnover battle, they were going to lose because that's how Iowa wins football games. You know, they don't win on their own offensive merit. They wait for you to make mistakes. But Ryan Walters' defense, just a phenomenal performance, stopping Iowa inside the 10-yard line, stopping them in scoring position, and that's what kept Illinois alive. You know, if you were just a basic college football fan and you saw a 9-6 to game, I mean, you're going to sleep early. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a very boring, sloppy game. But if you're an Illinois fan, to beat Iowa and Wisconsin for the first time since 1989 in the same season, I mean, Brett Bielema's team is really set up to maybe win the West Division. Yeah, it was really impressive. Like, Isaiah Williams had possibly the worst game he's had as an Illini, had three fumbles and lost two of them. You're in a situation where your starting quarterback gets hurt in the second quarter, and you rely on Artikowski, who's been in this situation before. He did it when Brandon Peters got hurt last year, actually led Illinois to a couple wins, and then was able to play well enough for Illinois to beat Iowa. I'm not sure his play yesterday gets him a win over any other team, but since Iowa's offense is so bad and Illinois' defense is exceeding all of our expectations week in and week out, Illinois was able to pull it off. Dude, I just can't remember like how many times Barry Lunny allowed Art Sikowski to test the Iowa secondary. Yep, It was quick pass, quick pass, quick pass, run the ball up the middle. Eventually, you got to go over the top. Like when they play Minnesota, you know, they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Which Art Sikowski are we going to get? Are we going to get the Art Sikowski against Nebraska last year where he threw for 190 yards? Are we going to get the Art Sikowski of last week? You know, if Illinois played Minnesota with this same offensive game plan, they're going to lose. Well, nothing's confirmed about who the quarterback's going to be for Saturday, and I bet you we're not going to know until Saturday morning at like 1045 a.m. So we don't know about that, but you're right. We don't know which kind of art we're going to get. And I think Barry Lunny had a rough day play calling. Now, granted, it's very, very hard when you have a backup quarterback in it and he cannot, you know, control art trying to throw a touchdown to the corner of the end zone and Pat Bryant when he's in double coverage, when Casey Washington's wide open on the other side, like that's not Barry Lunny, but what is Barry Lunny is recognizing that art does not get the ball out of his hand quick. He has a very slow release. He's a slow moving quarterback. So when you're trying to run, you know, screenplays over and over again, well, they're not going to work when you can't get the ball out fast. And hopefully Isaiah Williams steps it up. I mean, that was a bad game. Um, Hate to say it, Isaiah's been a tad inconsistent this year. I mean, there's been games where he gets seven catches for 26 yards, and there's other games where, you know, he's making plays in space. We need Isaiah to step it up. Pat Bryant had a quiet game, but, you know, that whole passing offense, I guess we can't really judge it too much since Vito was gone. Yeah. But Chase Brown, dude, if this team was 6-0, you would be hearing Heisman talk discussion. Of course, he had another 140-plus yard game, I yeah. believe, is something in that range. And I know he didn't get a touchdown, but, man, he's still the leading rusher in the FBS, and he's uh, widening the gap yeah. a little bit now between first and second place. He is having a better season than Kenneth Walker did at Michigan State last year. Yeah. But Illinois doesn't have the sexy brand like Michigan State. You know, they didn't make the college football playoff a few years ago. So you're not really hearing Chase Brown. Chase Brown has almost 900 yards rushing. Yeah. I mean, it is very possible – that Illinois is going to have a 2,000-yard rusher. It's crazy. That is Brett Bielema. That is the dash, definition of Brett. It's just like what Brett had at Wisconsin. Yeah. But, you know, and, and honestly, I wish Chase would have gotten more chances, you know, in that second half. I feel like sometimes Lunny tried to rely on Sikowski too much when really it should have been give the ball to Chase and get out of the way. Yeah. Chase Brown was getting five yards a carry. Yeah. You know, he had 31 carries, and everyone in the press box was like, huh, why didn't he get more? 31 is a lot. I know. 
but you know, you can trust a Chase Brown. I mean, that guy's a workhorse. Yeah. Um, as far as injuries goes, we don't know about Tommy. Isaiah went out with a concussion. You really hope he's okay because I think yeah. that he can, you know, if he has a bounce back game against Minnesota, he can be a real difference maker. A couple other, you know, minor injuries in there, but Brett did say immediately after the game, he doesn't think any of these injuries are too catastrophic or season ending, which is really good because you can live with not having a key guy for one game, but the rest of the season would be terrible. Um, maybe Josh McCray will be back. This I think McCray is going to be back. It's going to be a heavy pound and ground kind of game against Minnesota. Yeah. You know, Minnesota, they're getting their star running back back, you know, Muhammad Abraham. So it, it's going to be a good game. And Purdue beat Minnesota because they rattled Tanner Morgan. Yeah. Can the Illinois defensive line do the same? Well, I'm, against everybody else they have. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a good crowd on homecoming. It's going to be Saturday morning. The team's going to be energized because it's a Brett Bielema team. We've talked about that. And if the corners can stay true to themselves in the D-line, can get some pressure on Tanner Morgan, I can see Minnesota's offense really, really struggling yeah. on Saturday. Illinois had 44,000 fans. It was officially announced for the game against Iowa. I thought it was going to break 50,000. Yeah, me too. I was probably a little bit stupid. Yeah, same. But um, what's it going to be this week? It's homecoming. Same thing. It's 45-ish. Be, yeah. But it, it felt different, even though it was only 44,000. It was a different kind of energy yeah. than most Illinois games. Well, here's the thing. The horseshoe had, ended up actually getting pretty yeah. filled. The whole bottom section and the student section was filled the entire game. Obviously, the West Balcony was filled because it always is. like That's like the you know mm-hmm. uh, season ticket holder section. And then the East Balcony, what are you going to do? Like yeah. it, it was kind of open, but like just to see the whole entire bottom part filled of fans that were high energy the entire game was pretty cool to see. Like Not many people left. No, the students stayed and it was a close game. Like yeah. I know a few people that left after halftime because they're just not big football fans. But that fourth quarter was super exciting. Yeah, it was I mean, awesome. Game winning field goal, you know, Fabrizio, the backup field goal kicker goes three, three, uh, three for three. Big Ten special teams player of the week. You know, we transferred from the Air Force Academy. I do. Yeah, because I had a buddy with me for the game from the Air Force. He knew him. He recognized him. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> people were asking him, like, why did you transfer from the Air Force Academy? He just wouldn't talk about it, but. What a dream, you know, a kicker's dream, winning a game nine to six. I I watched the game from the student section and I thought the game was over when Art Sikowski fumbled and I was DB, took it back to the house. And I was convinced that no matter what, that was not getting overturned. And my dad texted me saying, I'm pretty sure he's down. Someone in front of me was on Twitter. He's like, Twitter is pretty sure he's down. But I don't trust that as an Illinois fan because at Indiana, we were pretty sure that Brian Hightower caught two touchdowns on the same play. And we got credit for none of them. I did not think they would find enough evidence to overturn. Yeah, same. I was watching on the big screen and I was like, hey, same old Illinois. You know, good effort. Probably go five and six, you know, six and six. But Russ overturned it and that changed the game. Yeah. And then Art Sikowski was a lot more disciplined. Obviously, they got deep enough into Iowa territory for Fabrizio freshman to uh, kick his third field goal of the game. And then Matthew Bailey, big interception. Yep. Obviously, Spencer Petrus made that a little easy for him. God, he's not a good quarterback. That Spencer? Was, yeah. I mean, yeah. if he didn't have his tight end, I'm going to blank on his name right now, getting wide open every play. I'm not sure Spencer would have thrown for 100 yards. And they asked Kirk Ferentz after the game, like, what are you going to do with your son? And this is what he said. You know, we won 10 games last year. Yeah. You know, we've been pretty darn good since 2015 when his son was hired as offense coordinator. You know what? I'm going to give Iowa some slack. Maybe they just don't have the right personnel. You know what? I agree with you. Because all they need to do is score 25 points a game, and they win this West Division with their eyes closed. Yeah, like it, like the play calling with Brian really isn't that bad, but it's the scheme that needs work. And, like, let's remember, like, 
Nate Stanley was on a couple practice rosters. There's another Iowa quarterback who ended up making the NFL in some capacity. Like it's not like Brian hasn't sent two quarterbacks to play with NFL players. Like yeah. he, he's been fine before. I just think that the recruiting might have been down and they just have a really, really, really bad situation. Not only a quarterback, but they don't have any receivers either. No. Their tight end's good. They're a good tight end. When do you ever hear like a freshman starting quarterback at Iowa? Like, no, it's usually like yeah. a junior or senior that's learned the offense. It's a super complex pro-style offense. You know, they have to know pass protection. You know, they have to read defenses. It's not like a simple spread offense. Exactly. So it's hard to get a transfer guy that has to learn the offense. And then freshmen aren't ready. Mm-hmm. So I was screwed. They need yeah. a better quarterback and, you know, credit for Illinois. I mean, they've jump-start their West Division title hopes. If they would beat Indiana, lock. I would have bought my ticket for Indianapolis already. What is your what do you think the score would have been had Tommy DeVito not gotten hurt? Probably like 17 to 3. Yeah, I that I was gonna say 20 to 3. Something like that. I like that. Because yeah. Iowa kind of got some, you know, advantages with the offense. Yes. Illinois' offense making mistakes, so they had short field position. You know, just Ryan Walters every single game, you know, just more and more valuable. He he's gonna get us. Oh yeah, he's gonna get another pay raise. So I have to beg the question. When we had Kennington on the podcaster preview, Iowa, I mentioned at the end that Illinois hadn't give up a, given up a touchdown at home. Yeah. That is still intact. Will that break on Saturday? Yeah, it's I tough, think. Isn't it? I, well, I think you have to say yes. But like, how many points are they really going to give up to Tanner Morgan? 10. 10, 14, maybe 17. Like, yeah. if it's below 17 and DeVito plays. Illinois has a really good shot of winning. Yeah, if DeVito plays, I really, really like Illinois' chances. I'm going to take him by probably more than I should. But if Art's in there, I think we're going to have a really tough call on our hands. I think if Art plays, they're going to lose like 13 to 10. Because you're eventually yeah. going to have to throw it over the top. We yeah. saw with Art Sikowski last year. Like against Penn State, you know, they rushed for 350 yards. And they scored one offensive mm-hmm. touchdown. So Chase Brown can have a great game. It, it doesn't matter if Art Sikowski is not hitting his throws. I love Tommy DeVito now. Yeah, me too. Never really respected him as much as I probably should. I, you know, there was a quarterback competition in the summer. I didn't know who should have won. Well, it's pretty clear that Tommy DeVito is the man for the it's job. It's more than clear. He's quicker. He's got a better arm. Honestly, the accuracy is probably about tied, but Tommy's Tommy's the guy. He's just got a better read of the defense man. than Art does. Uh, so as far as Tommy's injury goes, by the way, I think this is really interesting because you were on the sideline. I don't know how much you saw it. I noticed it from the student section that I this was confirmed by other people he was in the medical tent for about 20 minutes and if you know anything about football players going to medical tents that's really weird no one's ever in there for 20 minutes like it's usually like five minutes let's get him on the sideline let's get him to the locker room he comes out of the medical tent after 20 long minutes and is walking like pretty gingerly on the thing and then he just goes on the bike for a little bit and then Brett's running off the field at halftime and he goes yeah he's gonna be out for the game so I think he re-aggravated something, and it was too risky to play him, and Brett felt good enough about the defense to have DeVito sit you know, for the rest of the Iowa mm-hmm. game, take we can get back from Minnesota. But obviously it could be something more serious. But I can tell you right now we're not going to know until Saturday. It, it, does Bielma have faith in Art Sikowski? No. In the summer, he said he was a great leader, you know, student of the game, but he's never really talked about his physical abilities. Yeah. If you trust Art Sikowski, start him. This week, you know, Chase Brown's going to get 100 yards. You know, Illinois defense will get pressure on Tanner Morgan and win a similar game like 13 to 7. Yeah, I was going to say, and let's not act like Minnesota has some amazing defense or whatever. Like Iowa's defense is better than Minnesota's. We've seen that so consistently. So far, Minnesota has like the second best scoring defense, but they've also not played any one except for Purdue. They've yeah. had a pretty good performance against Purdue. They, they gave up 20 Purdue at home. Now, yeah. 
granted, Aiden O'Connell's a good quarterback, and they've Aiden's got some great. weapons in West Lafayette, but I, I personally think Purdue's the front runner for the West Division. Like if I had to pick a team to win it right now, I think Purdue because I you feel know, that like win over Maryland was huge. That win over Maryland was big. And can Illinois keep up with a Purdue attack? Like yeah. what if Purdue has a really good game? What if they get, you know, the ball out of the pocket pretty fast? If you told me Tommy was going to be healthy the rest of the season, I'm going to take Illinois. But since we're uncertain about Minnesota, I think that's enough for me to think Purdue's the leader right now. Yeah. But um, I, if Tommy's healthy, I do trust Illinois. I trust Barry to play call with Tommy. I trust Ryan Walters more than I've trusted an Illinois coach ever. And Brett will get us ready. It's, it's it's nice when your three most important coaches on the team are all trustable. Yeah, and the team came ready to play against Iowa. Oh, yeah. That they was, came out the first drive, scored yeah. some points. They scored some points. Like, DeVito gets hurt. You know, Isaiah Williams makes fumbles. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, that has nothing to do with preparation. I mean, that defense came ready to play. And, you know, the offense did a good job of protecting Artsikowski. If you told me before the game, Tommy DeVito was going to play a quarter, quarter and a half, and Illinois was going to have three turnovers and lose the turnover margin significantly. I would have said they would have lost nine to six. Yeah. Just vice versa. Yeah. And that very well could have happened. Too. Yeah. Iowa missed a big field goal before halftime. Yeah. You know, they could have, what, gone up nine to six at halftime? Yeah. And then they didn't score the rest of the game. No. That second half defense out of Illinois, man. Ryan Walters, boy, I really hope Colorado doesn't come crawling because. Man. I know. Well, let's look at the rest of the schedule. So you got you got Minnesota. That's a 50-50 game. You know, Minnesota, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Then you have a bye week, and then you take on Nebraska. Yeah, I I think that the bye week before Nebraska is interesting because we all call him bye week, Brett, yeah. for a reason. The Penn State win last year at Penn State came after a bye week. Um, they're not going to sleep on Nebraska. No, they have a whole the, week yeah, to exactly. They're not going to sleep on Nebraska. They've got a terrible defense in Lincoln. I like that for Illinois. Um, I just, you know, the other thing about the Minnesota game this coming week is that Minnesota is coming off a bye. Yep. If Tommy doesn't play, it's play. It's going to be really hard to win. I think. I would say it's almost impossible because I Minnesota's offense is yeah. a tad better. Can you? Can we really expect Illinois' defense to? Yeah. Hold the team in the red zone to only six points. And you know, there's a chance that Brett says something today or tomorrow along the lines of like, "Oh, Tommy's going to be good." Or Tommy's going to have to sit a couple of weeks. My, but again, my money's on us not knowing about the situation until Saturday right before the game, which I think is going to make our score predictions really, really, really tough for this Saturday. Can you really make one? I don't Without think you, him, you no. have to make two score predictions. Yeah, exactly. And even if DeVito plays, maybe he's not 100%. Oh, he's not going to be 100%. He did a great job of using his legs to extend yeah. drives early in the game. He had a huge scramble yeah. you know, that sparked the offense. So, sorry, I cut you off. So, we got Minnesota this week, really hard to judge. Bye week, Nebraska. And then you have two really important home games in a row. You got Michigan State for Dad's weekend and then uh, Purdue. Purdue potentially for the West Division title. Yes. And then Michigan, the Northwestern. I'm going to ask you, you know, what would be an acceptable record at the end of the regular season? I think, I think right now, Carson, I've looked at the stats and just based on the schedule we have coming, no matter what happens with Tommy, I really like 8-4. and 8-4. and four. I think 8-4 and four is really safe because – Nebraska and Northwestern you gotta feel good about. And then one of Minnesota, Purdue, Michigan State seems very realistic to me. Yeah. I was telling my friend, like, what's the worst record that you would tolerate and like feel pretty happy? I said Seven eight and four and too. Seven and five. Like- Seven and five. If, if if Tommy gets hurt and the rest of the way you only beat Nebraska and Northwestern, or 
you lose to Michigan State, Purdue, and Minnesota, but they're all like really good close games where the other team just plays better than you. And you're seven and five, and you're going to Orlando for a bowl game. Like, yeah, that's going to exceed our expectations already. I think my prediction coming this year was five and seven for mine was five and seven. Yeah, um, so, I could live with a weird loss to Nebraska. Oh God, split Purdue, Minnesota. You got to split one of them, and then beat, and then lose to Michigan, and beat Northwestern first seven and five. You got to beat Michigan State. I feel like that's a huge game. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's gonna be interesting because it's Dad's weekend, so you're gonna get people in the crowds, but the student section isn't gonna be as amped up as it usually is, just because people will be sitting with their dads. Like I know that that's what I'll be doing for the game, but I agree with you. The way Michigan State's playing right now, I know that they probably played a little better against Ohio State, but road game, good atmosphere. I don't trust Peyton Thorne. You know that. Yeah. Michigan State's got to be a win. Purdue's going to be tough. That's going to be the one circle on everyone's calendar. Purdue's going to be really tricky. And I think people are sleeping on Purdue. Yep. You know, they say like, well, Purdue already has two losses. Well, the Penn State game, they probably could have won that at home. You know, Sean Clifford had a last late minute drive. They were at home. Yeah. You know, on the, you know, they lost a home game to Purdue. That was yeah. a super close game. And then Syracuse, you know, they had a few unsp- unsportsmanlike conduct calls that yeah. made them kick it off from their own 10-yard line. Yeah. So Syracuse scored a touchdown with seven seconds left. And, yeah. You know, Purdue could be an undefeated football team. They absolutely could. And I am so high on Maryland. We always talk about divisions. Maryland gets screwed over the most. I think they're a really good football team. They lost at home to Purdue. Yeah. Purdue's good. They disrupt people. They've got a good I, – I really like Jeff Brown. I know some people are down on him, but he's a good coach. Aiden O'Connell is a very good quarterback. The defense is coming together. I pretty much watched that entire game between Purdue and Maryland, and, and to disrupt Tualia the way they did was really impressive, I thought. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, for the rest of college football, pretty interesting weekend. The team that stands out to me is a team that I never thought would make the college football playoff but could have a chance is Tennessee. They're really, really, really good. Yeah, Tennessee, you know, they still have to play Georgia. Yeah. So you lose to Georgia, you can't make the division title. But, you know, this week, let's say they kick the crap out of Bryce Young in Alabama. You know, if Bryce Young comes back. Yeah. You're talking about a second SEC team in the playoff. Because, yeah, uh, Tennessee is getting game day for the second time in like three or four weeks because the game's at Neyland Stadium. I don't trust Alabama. I I think Bryce Young will be back, but let's look what happened down in Austin for game day against Alabama. Bryce Young was healthy, just didn't play well. Tennessee's better than Texas, I'll tell you that. Tennessee's better than Texas, and sharp money is going towards Tennessee. I think it opened up at eight and a half points or Uh eight. I think it's down to six and a half. It's gone down at least a point. Um, I'm picking Tennessee. I think I'm going to take Tennessee, too. And by the way, these are my least two favorite teams in college football playing each other, Tennessee and Alabama. Like, literally, my two least favorite yeah. teams is not even close. So, I don't know who to root for. But I'm going to take Tennessee, too, probably. Yeah. They're really, really good. I know that Alabama struggled against AM. One better Jimbo Fisher play call probably wins AM that game. But it's hard to win with a backup quarterback. Especially when you can prepare for them, too. Arkansas didn't have a chance to prepare for Bryce Young's backup. Texas A&M did. Yeah. And, you know, Tennessee's for real. I mean, their quarterback, Hooker, hasn't thrown an interception yet. Yeah. You know, they have not beat Alabama since 2006. That doesn't surprise me. You were five years old. Isn't that when Saban got there? That was the year before Saban. Okay. Saban is 15 and 0 against Tennessee. Yeah. People consider, you know, old people, you go up to an old person down in the South. Tennessee, Alabama was one of the most fierce rivals. There's a reason they play every year. One's in the West and one's in the East, but they have their yeah. built in rivalry game. Yeah. It's called the third Saturday in October. And they used to play. That's what they used to do every single year. And that's Al- what they're doing now. Yeah. And that's what Al- Alabama just took charge of that rivalry with under Nick Saban. Yeah. It's like Illinois, Ohio State. They used to be big rivals. Ooh. So when Illinois goes to the Big Ten Championship this year and beats Ohio State, 
yeah, sure, they get the Big Ten Championship trophy, but they also get the wooden turtle, you know, the Illibuck. <sighs> yeah, the Illibuck, man. That's such a sought-after trophy. What are the odds that Illinois' built-in rival when they get rid of divisions? It's going to be Northwestern. Yeah. Iowa. Yep. And then um, they give them Ohio State. You got to go with the cannon over Ohio State. Fine. I'm, I'm sorry. Get rid of Iowa. Iowa. Replace. Get Purdue. Northwestern. Purdue. Ohio State. Gosh. Because who, who's Ohio State's protected rivals? Michigan. Well, yeah. Well, give me two Michigan more. Michigan State. Penn State. They would not give them Michigan State. Probably Penn Michigan, State. Michigan, Penn State. It's going to be Illinois, dude. Purdue. Purdue no. over Illinois, just because they've had back and forth. It's not going to be Illinois. Come on. I'm just saying that's – who would have thought, like, the SEC, they have – about Wisconsin? Like, where's the where's the regional tie? Like, I think they kind of want to balance it out. So, they like, that'd be great every year, Brett Bielema and Ryan Day. Is that exciting? No. For <laughs> <laughs> an Illinois fan, it's not. Come on. Um, uh, I thought USC looked really good again this weekend. Their defense is stepping it up. Yeah. They're probably going to win the Pac-12. I think so. They could probably sneak their way into the playoff. UCLA is phenomenal. They're 6-0. Yeah. The two teams that are joining the Big Ten are combined, what, 12-0 so far this year? Utah is a fine team, too. And UCLA gave it to them. Utah is good. You know, they're going to lose games. I mean, they're losing to good teams. I mean, Florida on the road week one. They don't have a bad loss. It was at UCLA, too. I mean, I know that UCLA stadium is not filled up at all, but, like, it's still not in that. Utah's got a great home field advantage. They're going to beat USC. Yeah. Utah will win the regular season match. Probably. But Utah might not make the conference championship. Dude, honestly, Lincoln Riley might make that matchup in Utah. Pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good game. But I'd still take Utah. That's not for a while, though, right? Or is it? Things a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on it. Um, Georgia took care of business against Auburn. Uh, Clemson was fine again. Yeah. So the top pretty much stayed the same. No major th- upsets or anything. I think Ohio State should be number one. I agree. They have the best offense. They've played the most consistent so far. Yeah, this I was going to say, they haven't had a game where they almost lost. Alabama has two of them. Georgia has one. Oh, Georgia against Missouri. That was disgusting. And it's not like Georgia and Alabama have played tougher teams or anything than yeah. Ohio State. I like OSU at one, but I think they're at two right now. Georgia, OSU, yeah, Alabama. And that Notre Dame yeah. win, I mean, people look like, man, you only beat Notre Dame by 11. You know, they lost Notre to Marshall. Getting better. Notre Dame Notre Dame is getting yeah. better. They have a strong defense. It's a good BYU team. Yeah, it was the yeah. first game of the year, so... If, if you're Ohio State, take credit that Notre Dame win. For sure. Yeah, we beat Notre Dame 21-10. That's our worst game. Georgia, your worst game, you beat Missouri by four. You know what I mean? Alabama, you probably should have two losses already. Yeah, for A&M sure. A&M and Texas, both of them. All right, uh, question. Is Texas a top five team in the country when Quinn Ewers plays? Oh, yeah, they'd be 5-0. Yeah. They would beat Alabama. They yeah. wouldn't beat Texas Tech. Yeah. They'd probably go to the college football playoff. Yeah. Because the Big 12 is wide open. Oklahoma stinks. Kansas you're cute, but, you know, you're just not good enough. Um, yeah, I'm taking Texas to win the Big 12. It's so unfortunate because they should be in the playoff. Yeah. And I would like to see them in there because Quinn Ears, I mean, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. Um, Kansas lost with game day. TCU undefeated, handed them their first loss. Yeah. I'm really not – I don't know what else to say. You know, it was a strong performance by Kansas. TCU's just better. Yeah. You know, they have better personnel and – but it just shows like the strides that Kansas has made. I'm really happy they got game day because that was one of the best games of the week. We kept an eye on that one at my apartment too. With we their backup quarterback. Games. Yeah, Daniels went out like the second or third quarter, I think. Um, they were stealing a lot of Illinois spotlight. I'll say that. Yeah. But Illinois, uh, something we forgot to mention, they're ranked. They they ended the drought of the 
longest running power five team not to be in the AP poll. It was only one week long, but they still held that title. Now it's gone. Exactly. And they got rid of it real fast. Guess who has, guess who has it now? Rutgers. I, I was going to say Rutgers. They're going to have it forever. But um, how long is Rutgers? Probably, throughout? probably like 25 years. Okay. Probably 25 more years. No, I'm joking. I have no idea. But it's going to be difficult. I meant what, when was the last time they were ranked? 2013. Okay. Right. If you're Illinois, though, I mean, we did not expect to be ranked this no. year. No, no, no. I said they would have had to win by like 20 or 30 to be ranked. Yeah. Like after this week, and they won by three with a backup quarterback. And a backup kicker. And a backup kicker, and they snuck him in there at 24. Yeah. Beat Minnesota, you go up a couple spots. If they beat Minnesota, they break the top 20. They'd probably be like 19 because Minnesota, they are respected around the country. Honestly, like it's a fair ranking too. Like I feel like if you like, are there 23 teams better than Illinois on a neutral site this year? Maybe, but that's not the way rankings work. Yeah. So, yeah. Where do you go from here though? Like what's Illinois ceiling? Because you lose to Minnesota, you're probably out for the year. Yeah. Um, of the rankings, yeah. If you only lose to Michigan at Michigan – and then you lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten title, which is still They'd possible. probably be like 15. 10 or 15, yeah, yeah, around that range. And then if you beat Minnesota, beat Nebraska, maybe your only losses the rest of the year are back-to-back to Purdue and Michigan. Let's just say that happens. You probably sit at like 23, 24. Illinois would probably have to finish 9-4 and four to be ranked at the end of the season. Yeah. And that is a huge recruiting tool for Brett Bielema. But it's, again, like this is not unrealistic at all. Like the money says – the betting odds are they're going to go eight and four. Yeah. When your bowl game, you're nine and four. Boom. 24 to end the year. Good uh, bowl game when maybe over an SEC team in Nashville. Good pitch for Brett Bielema. The whole key in the next year is getting a good quarterback in the transfer portal. Because mm-hmm. Art Sikowski, probably not the guy for the team. No. Um, Leary, you know. Not ready yet. He's probably not ready. So they're going to have to get, you know, a very good transfer quarterback. We don't know who that is because people don't really report on that because nope. nothing's confirmed. We have nothing out yet. We have There's no out. information on it, so it's hard to say now. But you and I were saying DeVito might have been like the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the transfer portal last year, and they got him very fast. So I trust Brett to go out and get a guy just as good as or better than Tommy. And, and he got him when Tony Peterson was still offensive coordinator. Yeah. Imagine, you know, so Barry Lenny, like, that was a bad game. He called a bad game against um, Iowa. We need him to improve, yeah. put up some points, and build credibility in the transfer portal. And I don't want to rip on this guy, but like I don't think Isaiah is going to get drafted this year. I think he's been far too inconsistent and hasn't put up the numbers. He's so, not, so he's not Isaiah, an NFL So if Isaiah is back again for another year, that's a good pitch to a quarterback. I, Pat I, Bryant will be back. I, Pat Bryant is NFL potential. You know, Hightower has the potential. Isaiah Williams, he's played great in college, but I'm not sure he's shown that he's ready for that. I think that he's got the highest ceiling in the NFL out of anyone. I just think that he has to get far more consistent. Have we really seen it, though, in college? But his speed, his footwork. They're all fast. He's faster. He he makes people miss better than anyone else on the team. Maybe Chase Brown could argue that, but... I don't know NFL, you got to test teams vertically. And so far, we haven't seen that with Isaiah Williams. Yeah. You know, over the offseason, you know, his biggest concern or biggest thing to improve on was, you know, actual pass catching. But he's got to hold on to the football. Yeah. And he's got to get vertical more. Um, he's been a little inconsistent so far this season. He's he's a great college player. He's been good for this team with, you know, jet sweeps. Just probably not NFL yet. Yeah. Well, we'll probably wrap this up now. Like Isaiah, he and Tommy hope they're, you know, healthy for this week against uh, Minnesota. It'd be really nice to have McCray back. 
couple other minor injuries, I think. But like I said, Brett said nothing should be season ending. So hopefully Illinois is as healthy as they can be. Yeah. For the game against Minnesota, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Daily Illinois Sports Podcast from Josh and Carson. Thank you guys for listening.